This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shut up and sit down. After the Monday night victory against the Cleveland Browns, I think for a lot of Steelers fans, I have to keep reminding everybody that it was, in fact, a victory. There was certainly plenty to still gripe about coming out of that game, but a win nonetheless. The Steelers even their record at 1-1. One and one. Joining us to talk about the next game coming up in Las Vegas. The Steelers go out to play the Raiders in Vegas for the first time. He is the managing editor at the Raiders Wire. Also writes for PFF. You can check him out doing Cowboys coverage as well at the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Joining us from Erie, actually, Marcus Mosier. Marcus, thanks a lot for taking some time to join us. How are you? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun when we have a little bit of a Steelers-Raiders rivalry game. These games have been a lot of fun over the last, what, four decades? For sure. And uh, last year was certainly memorable here in Pittsburgh, if for no other reason. Well, two reasons, I guess. The ending, Kenny Pickett, one of those sort of uh, maybe this is what the offense could be moments when he led the game-winning touchdown drive. And, of course, the weather. Uh, maybe not you know, remembered like some of the playoff games, but it was every bit as cold as some of those playoff games from the 70s last year at Akershire Stadium. Yeah, and it was a super low-scoring, not fun game on Christmas Eve. That's what I remember <laughs> the most of it. And, you know, there was a nice touchdown that Kenny Pickett had to George Pickens, but other than that, that game was pretty, pretty not great. Hopefully, we get a better one uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, and the other thing that tied into that, of course, which was a downer for everybody here, was the Franco Harris tie-in. Mm. You know, because yes. he had, he had passed away, and it was Franco Harris night, so it was. A weird set of circumstances, to be sure, at the stadium that night. And now the Steelers go out to try to beat 
the uh, Raiders for what would be, Marcus, uh, I looked it up, the first time since 1995 that they could win a game on the road visiting the Raiders in whatever city, whatever stadium they were playing in at the time. Yeah, do you even remember who the quarterback was for the Raiders and or, or for the Steelers in '95 uh, when they beat that Raiders team? Yeah, it was O'Donnell, and he had. T- I looked yeah. it up. It was two touchdown passes to Ernie Mills, 126 rushing yards from the great Eric Pegram, and four memorable field goals from Norm Johnson. Yeah, uh, it was again not a not a great day of the Raiders. Uh, I believe the starting quarterback for the Raiders was Billy Joe Herbert. Or oh. Herbert, I believe. <laughs> I, I think that their starting running back was Harvey Williams. It was yeah, it was not a great time. Well, let's uh, talk about this team and how they've gotten off to a one and one start. What your impressions are of them so far and how they played, particularly in the most recent game against Buffalo. They were awful, absolutely awful on both sides of the ball. They went down on the first possession, scored a touchdown, and then from that point on, they were outscored 38-3. to The Raiders have some real problems on both sides of the ball. Through two games, they've run 47 plays on offense. Just to put that in comparison, the Cowboys ran 87 plays on offense this Sunday against the Jets. The Raiders can't find a way to stay on the field on offense. Their defense can't get them off the field. They're a little bit of a disaster right now. Well, that alarms me more than anything else because the Steelers always seem to play the Raiders when they are a disaster and the Raiders usually win, especially out there. Yes. I saw that a lot in the early and mid-2000s in, what was it, 06 and 12 and 13. There were Steeler teams that were kind of spinning their wheels and looking for a win to get them on the right track, on the right path, and they'd face a Raider team that was primed to be picked off and then the Steelers would stub their toe which is why I'm nervous about this game because even though Pittsburgh won on Monday night they didn't look great doing it no and you know whether it's the Bruce Gretkowski led Raiders team or Terrell Pryor it does feel like this Raiders franchise for whatever reason does get up to play Pittsburgh and after that embarrassing loss last week against Buffalo I do expect the Raiders to play better here on Sunday Night Football. It's their first home game of the year. It's in prime time. They're relatively healthy. I I do think this is the best we're going to see the Raiders look through the first three weeks of the season. Are you getting the same sense that Josh McDaniels is giving out about the concussed wide receivers, Myers, and of course, Devontae Adams? It certainly sounds like he was optimistic about their potential returns for this one. Yeah, I think Devonta Adams could have went back in the game on Sunday if it was a closer contest. But because the Raiders were getting blown out, there was no reason to put him back on the field. Um, he's going to practice on Wednesday, Thursday. It's not going to be a big issue. The bigger thing for the Raiders is do they get Jacoby Myers back, who didn't play last week because of a concussion. He suffered it in week one. He was somebody who led the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns in week one against the Broncos. If they get him back, it's going to be a pretty decent offense because they have so many playmakers. But if he's not on the field, I don't know if I really trust any of the other passing weapons outside of Devontae Adams. Marcus Moser is with us. You can read him at Pro Football Focus. You can also check him out covering the Raiders. He writes and covers the Raiders for the Raiders Wire, managing editor there. Okay, Marcus, so uh, what was the issue running the football against Buffalo? I, I saw some stat. I believe Jacobs is the first defending rushing champion since 1950 to have not managed to gain a yard, to have a minus next to his rushing statistics at the end of a game in a box score. First time since 1950 that happened? 
Yeah, it wasn't great. Now there's a couple of <laughs> things, a couple of things going on here. First of all, Josh Jacobs did not do anything in training camp, didn't do anything in preseason. He told us kind of going into the year, it was going to take him a couple of games to get up to speed. You're seeing that he's averaging 1.6 yards per carry through the first two games of the season. So for all the Steelers fans that are hating on Najee Harris right now, I promise you it can get worse than what you've seen from <laughs> Najee. But Josh Jacobs is struggling right now. However, I expect that to get better as the year goes on. He's kind of historically a slow starter. It also didn't help that they played the Bills in Buffalo and they were fired up and they wanted to show they were a better run defense than they were in the first week against the season uh, against the Jets. I fully expect Josh Jacobs to have a much, much more productive day on Sunday. That's probably a, a good prediction or a good scout to have, not only because that he's going to have a couple of yards. Well, yeah. be, it's positive. <laughs> not just from the raw statistical analysis, of course, but also from the way the Steelers have been hemorrhaging yards on the ground. I mean, I know Cam Hayward's out, but it's been bad. In fact, it's been the worst in the NFL through two weeks. Yeah, and that's obviously what the Raiders are going to try to attack the Steelers because it, Larry Ogunjobi did not have a good game. Uh, on Monday night against Cleveland. They've got a bunch of young guys on their interior defensive line, and now you've got to go on a short week out to Las Vegas. The issue for the Raiders is I just don't know if that offensive line is built to overpower teams in the run game. They're they're much better as pass protectors. They keep Jimmy Garoppolo fairly clean, but they're just not the type of unit that's going to blow guys off the ball. So if the Raiders are going to run successfully in this game, it's going to be, have to be because Josh Jacobs is just forcing a bunch of missed tackles. Marcus, how has Garoppolo played? What's the early evaluation on him? Like a C-plus, which is kind of just what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Uh, against the Broncos, I thought he was fantastic. He managed the game really well. He had one bad throw in that game. Everything else was really good. But against Buffalo... He looked overwhelmed. The, the Bills got to him a little bit. They were forcing him to check the ball down, and they were making plays on the football. He's just one of these quarterbacks where if you if he can stay ahead of the chains, the Raiders can have a lead, he's going to be fine. But as soon as you put him in a situation where he's got to start throwing the ball down the field, he's got to start making plays with his arms and his, leg, uh, and his legs, I, that, that's where he has trouble. So... If the Raiders can stay in a positive game script, I think they're going to be fine. If it gets to be one of those games where they're down 13-0 pretty quickly, the Raiders might be done. How much has Waller missed? Oh, quite a bit. They just don't have anybody in the middle of the field that can make plays after the catch. Now they're hoping Michael Mayer, who they drafted in the second round from Notre Dame, will eventually get there. But he's he's a young tight end. Those That position takes time. Austin Hooper is kind of just a the guy. They just don't have any size in the middle of the field. They're not using Hunter Renfro very much right now. It's the one part of their offense that's severely lacking from the last couple of years. The Steelers have been in a mode here in the first two weeks where they've had to face elite pass rushers in Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa, and they've done a really good job against both of them. Neither Bosa nor Garrett have really walked away from games against the Steelers impacting them pretty empty on the stat sheet but that said there have been other guys like 
Drake Jackson, for instance, who walked away with three sacks against the Steelers in week one. Wells for the Cleveland Browns in the second week was very disruptive. If the Steelers employ their same tactics to really throw a lot of bodies to minimize Max Crosby, who's the guy along the defensive line that might eat as a result for the Raiders? I I think you're right about Garrett and Bosa have not put up like the counting stats uh, that, you know, that we're accustomed to seeing. But the 49ers and Browns both had excellent defensive game plans against the Steelers, and they had a lot of success, right? The the 49ers held the Steelers to seven points. The Browns held the Steelers to, what's it, 12 points on offense Mm -hmm. in this game. I think they're going to be able to do something similar against Max Crosby, whether they're doubling him or running away from him. I think they can take him out of the game a little bit. The difference between the Raiders and the Browns and the 49ers is they just don't have anybody else that can create pressure right now. They Outside of Max Crosby, they only have one other player on the whole team that has more than one pressure, and that's Bilal Nichols, their nose tackle. Like It's just completely empty outside of Max Crosby. And Chandler Jones is still away from the team. Tyree Wilson, their first-round pick, had zero pressures on 39 snaps last week. If the Steelers can control Max Crosby and they know exactly where he's going to line up on every single time, he's going to be lined up over uh, Chuck Sikora for, if they can block him, I think they're going to be just fine on that side of the ball. Marcus Mosier with us, talking about the Raiders-Steelers game coming up on Sunday night. Football, managing editor at the Raiders Wire. How's the tackle play been? Because based on what we saw from Highsmith and Watt, let's just be honest, they won that game for the Steelers against the Browns. How's, how have the tackles been, especially in the pass protection department for the Raiders? Yeah, now we're talking about the strength of the Raiders. Their pass protection is incredible. Colton Miller is one of the best left tackles in the league that doesn't really get that type of respect. He might be the best pure pass protecting left tackle in football. He's going to see a lot of Alex Smith, and that's a matchup that the Raiders feel really comfortable uh, with. On the right side, it's Jermaine Illuminor, who had a breakout season in 2022. He's been really good in 2023. Their interior offensive linemen have also played really well this year in pass protecting game, not letting Jimmy Garoppolo get hit. Now, they haven't faced the pass rush like Pittsburgh, and they haven't faced edge rushers like that. But from what we've seen this year and last year, that might be the strength of their team. Lastly, on defense, we talked about up front, How about the linebackers and the secondary? The Steelers have faced kind of um, dueling teams in that regard, I would say, in the first two weeks. A team in the Niners who's excellent in the middle of the field. I didn't think they did a good enough job going at their corners in week one. And then you've got the Browns, who had two corners that shut down Chase and Higgins the previous week. And I think you saw when the Steelers decide that they – want to use the middle of the field and uh, there's space to be had there and the Browns gave it to them. They exploited it. What about the Raiders in that context? Are they stronger on the edges? Well, let me ask you, Tim, uh, let's, let's talk about some old friends. Uh, (laughs) Marcus Peters, who you saw for many years with the Ravens. How did you think he looked the last couple of years? I thought there was some fade. Absolutely. And he's their number one quarter cornerback for the Raiders now without question. Okay. That's a problem for the Raiders. Uh, how about Robert Spillane, somebody that you definitely know well with the P- uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? How did you think Robert Spillane did the last couple of years? 
they were willing to let him go and reconfigure the entire inside linebacker room with three brand new guys, and they even brought in two other free agents that they decided to cut. I think he was. <laughs> I think he had Miles Jack and Devin Bush in front of him, and they only went to him as a starter out of panic. That's what I think. And Robert Spillane is the Raiders' best player in the middle of their defense, either at safety or linebacker. Wow. Wow. That's 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 kind of where we're at with this Raiders team. So for me, if I'm a Steeler fan, there's absolutely no excuse not to have a good performance on offense. This is just a team that is, does not have a lot of talent outside of Max Crosby on defense. They've got to expose them in the middle of the field. And if they don't, that's when I would start getting really concerned about this offense. Is that where Allen went at him during that game? Oh, all game long. They just attack the linebackers over and over again. They're so slow. They can't They can't move sideline to sideline. Now, Robert Spillane, as you know, he'll come down, he'll tackle, uh, he'll be physical, but you get him in coverage at all, he can be exposed. Marcus Peters just isn't very physical anymore. He doesn't have the quick twitch uh, to play any kind of in-breaking route. They've got a fourth-round rookie corner starting on the opposite side who was way, way worse than Marcus Peters in Week 2. It's just a really poor defense, and the way that the Raiders try to get around it is by ha- being really good in special teams, which they are. Uh, they're fantastic in the kicking game. They try to be balanced on offense, and they just try to create little turnovers and moments in the game to stick around because they're just that depleted of, on, on talent on that side of the ball. Finally, Marcus, big picture on the Raiders. Where do you see them down the line if you know obviously catastrophic injuries aside you know them avoiding like a Nick Chubb kind of injury to Jacobs or having to go two or three quarterbacks deep or something like that um Crosby's healthy most of the year like I look at the Steelers I had them as a 10 win team Uh, I didn't see much variance I thought it could sag to nine absolute best case maybe 11 you know some people had wild expectations after that preseason 12 and 13 I just I never got there I I thought they'd be between a 9-10 win team in all likelihood what about the Raiders is there a lot of room for variance with them their schedule their division how do you forecast where they go from here Look, I think the Raiders in a lot of ways are similar to the Steelers where they have a lot of top-end talent. You've got Devontae Adams, who was an all-pro player last year. Josh Jacobs, who was the all-pro running back, led the NFL in yards from scrimmage. You've got Max Crosby. You've got some really, really good players, but the middle of your team, the depth just isn't there. I think they're going to hang around with a lot of teams that are similar. I think they could beat up on some teams that are maybe worse than them. But I think you're looking at probably another seven-win team. Maybe if you get to nine wins just based on some kicking luck and some late-game luck. Uh, but I don't, I don't see this as a playoff team. I don't see it as a team that anybody in the AFC should be afraid of. Um, they're, they're certainly in a transition period right now with Josh McDaniels. But no, this isn't anybody that I think any serious contender in the AFC, AFC should be worried about. Before I let you go, I mentioned you do Locked on Cowboys, that podcast as well. Is Parsons the best defensive player in football this year? Does he get the defensive player of the year? And uh, have they been the best team in the NFL through two weeks? I mean, it's only two games. I don't ever want to re- overreact to what we see in September because we know once we get to middle of the season, the September games are so meaningless and they're so fluky. But yeah, this feels like his year, right? I think he's going to be on the, the NFL's best defense he seems poised to have a 14, 15 sack season and much, make a bunch of impact plays. I think you can make a case that 
Michael Parsons isn't just the best defensive player in football right now. He might be one of the two or three best overall players in the game right now. Marcus, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. Glad we could check in again, and uh, we'll talk again soon. We'll follow you at Pro Football Focus as well as at the Raiders Wire during the course of this week and Lockdown Cowboys as well. Talk again soon, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Tim. All right, Marcus Mosier, our guest here on Breakfast with Ben's.